Have you ever heard of an armchair quarterback? It means someone has an opinion but doesn't necessarily participate in the sport. But it also means that they care enough about the sport to discuss it and try to make it better. In our basketball world, we call this cardboard box seats. We see the game from afar like true fans, but we always show up with the same intensity as if we were at the games ourselves. We don't have the money or the connections like the other talking heads on TV, but we do have some ideas which might seem too out there, and honestly, we've got opinions which might change. Either way, we have fun, so come and watch the game with us from our cardboard box seats. Hey everybody, welcome to Cardboard Box Seats. It's Gabe. Nick's here. And we have a very special guest, Ashley Shamady. She's the sideline reporter for the Charlotte Hornets. And this is a very special interview for us because we love the Charlotte Hornets, even though sometimes the Charlotte Hornets don't love us. So, <laughs> Ashley, we are so happy to have you on. Um, go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, what you do for the Hornets. Thank you both so much to start off for having me on your podcast. That is awesome. I really appreciate it and love what you guys are doing. So I am honored to be a guest on your podcast. But um, yeah, I am, like you said, the sideline reporter for the Charlotte Hornets. This is my first full season. I kind of came in halfway when Stephanie Reddy left in December last year. So before that, I was just hosting the pregame and postgame show for just home games um, to start the season last year. And then, yeah, when she left, I went into the full-time role as sideline reporter. And this has honestly been my dream since I was 10 years old. So I am just, yeah, living the dream, I guess you could say. it's um It's been amazing. It's definitely a grind, very much so a grind of the NBA. But I love basketball, love just being around the sport. And to be able to say this is my job is just amazing. So, yeah. A little bit about me. <laughs> That's awesome. Would you mind giving us like the scenic route of how you got to be a sideline reporter for the Hornets? Yeah, absolutely. I graduated from the University of Georgia, go dogs. <laughs> and um, I graduated there. And then my very first job was as the weekend sports anchor in Meridian, Mississippi. And if anybody knows where that is, I kudos to you because it's a very small <laughs> town. Um but it was honestly the best first job I could have ever asked for. It was, I mean, I got paid literally nothing and worked all the time and, you know, barely got to see my family and worked holidays and everything. But I got to anchor, you know, a nightly newscast five nights a week. Yeah, it was in a small town, but it was just such a great start and a great way to just hone in on, on anchoring, being in front of the camera. And, you know, we were so close to the Alabama line that I covered Alabama football, Alabama sports in general. And then I also covered, of course, Mississippi State, Ole Miss, um, Southern Miss, the SWAC schools, all the schools in Mississippi. So it was just such a great way for me to, like I said, learn kind of how I, you know, wanted to present myself on camera and learn. I mean, when I first started, when I look back, they're all private on YouTube for a good reason. But um, when I look back at some of those clips, I mean, just how, you know, not confident I sound. I'm so like mousy. I just obviously nervous. And so it's just crazy to see kind of the progression when I look back at those clips. But I spent two years there in Meridian. And then I spent two more years in Jackson, Mississippi. So 
moved kind of like it was 90 miles up the street um they did have a target though and a kroger so i was living my best life (laughs) um that was great (laughs) and um i spent two more years there and kind of you know by that point i was like there's nowhere else to go up from here um you know jackson was the biggest city is the biggest city in mississippi but that was a great experience, too. I got to cover Mississippi State with Dak Prescott when they were ranked number one at one point, And then Ole Miss was ranked number one at, all, at one point with Chad Kelly. It was just such a great time for sports in Mississippi. And I'm so grateful for that time as well. You know, they don't have professional teams, but people love high school football there, high school basketball. I mean, in Jackson, high school basketball is the hub. That's where the state tournament is. And it was just it was just such a great experience there as well. And then after two years there, so four years total in Mississippi, I got a job at Fox Sports South in Atlanta, which is where my family lives. So that was amazing. It was like a, I get to come home type of thing after being gone for a couple of years. And I was the digital reporter to start. And yeah, I was there for a couple months before they said, hey, we need someone for the Hornets. Like I said, filling it or doing the home games. And I was, you know, going to do the home games and then kind of come back in the summer and do my digital stuff again. But yeah, then Stephanie Reddy got an opportunity. So she moved on and I was the next man up, I guess you could say. And I was just, they basically called me in their office. They're like, pack your bags, you're up. So I lived in a hotel all of last year, which was an interesting experience, but it was so fun. And yeah, now I, I actually moved to Charlotte in the summer. And now, like I said, this is my first full season with them. So it's crazy that it's already March because, I mean, after All-Star break, it just flies by. I mean, the whole thing, the whole season has flown by. But, yeah, so I don't know if you wanted it to be that long, but that's kind of like got to where I am now. <laughs> no, that's awesome. So you're also doing stuff for the Braves, and, and, like, you've done stuff for CMT too. Is that right? Yes, yes. So the Braves, uh, Fox Sports South broadcasts. They actually have three NBA teams. They have the Grizzlies, the Hawks, and the Hornets. And then they have the Braves and then also two hockey teams. So when I was digital reporter, I covered, I mean, one of my first assignments was the MLB All-Star Game. And then also Chipper Jones getting inducted into the Hall of Fame in Cooperstown, which was the most incredible experience. So, yeah, it was, oh my gosh, Cooperstown, it was unbelievable. And I'm not like the biggest baseball fan in the world, but... After that, I kind of was. I was like, this is incredible. I couldn't even, I couldn't even believe it. But yeah, I covered some of them to start. And then now I kind of help out and do a couple broadcasts here and there, do a couple games on the pre and post game show. So I love doing that. It's it's so much fun. I love going to the ballpark and, and covering them. And I mean, the team is so great. So that's always fun. And then the CMT thing, random, but also just Oh my gosh, it's like a whole, I mean, I feel like sports is entertainment, but this is obviously country music, actual, real, you know, their entertainment too. And it's just, it's so different than what I do with basketball, even though they're both technically entertainment, but I love it. I am so excited to do more stuff because country music touring season is really amps up in the summer. So it kind of works great with my off season with the Hornets. So just trying to do a little bit of everything. Yeah, it sounds like it. So so how does that work with like, I know the seasons don't really overlap a lot, but like in March to May, there's somewhat of an overlap with the Braves and the Hornets. How does that work? So the Hornets are my full time. I mean, that's my main gig. It's, you know, that kind of takes precedent over other things. So I do, you know, the Hornets and then once our season's done, then I kind of can fill in with the Braves. I mean, I did 
sometimes like CMT, they'll, I've done a couple shoots on random off days in when I'm in season, but it's always Hornets take precedent first. And then I kind of work my other stuff around that schedule. But then once the season's over, I can, you know, I'm obviously more flexible to do other stuff, but yeah, it's pretty much just kind of working around the Hornets schedule right now. So in the interviews we've done in the past, there always seems to be more to the job than us as fans recognize. Can you can you describe what a normal day at work looks like for you? Yes, for sure. Because I think I think there is like a misconception about I mean, maybe for for some broadcasters, but since I'm kind of new um, and I don't even know if I'll ever change the way that I research and the studying and the note taking and film watching. I don't even know if I'll ever change that, even if I am years into this business, hopefully. But basically, you know, I get up and if I didn't do enough prep the night before, I will wake up early and do prep work and then I'll go to shoot around on a game day. And, you know, we kind of they go through their stuff. And then afterwards, I'll try and I'll usually have if I have ideas or story ideas. I'll talk to whoever I need to talk to for that, um, some of the players. And then after shoot-around, I finish up a little bit more work. It's just, it's a lot with the pregame show. That probably takes the most of my time, just because I'm the host of it. So I always want to make sure I know what I'm talking about. And Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so I do a lot of research and prep for that. And then, of course, the game and, and interviews and stuff. And then after shoot-around, after doing a little bit more prep, by that time, I pretty much... If I can go walk somewhere, I usually try and walk around in every city we go to and at least experience something, depending on how much time we have. And then I get ready and we go to the game a couple hours early. So we usually have to get there by 3.30 or 4 for a 7 o'clock game. And by the time I get there, maybe try and eat a quick dinner, depending on, I usually have to interview somebody at around 5 o'clock. So it just depends what time we get there. And then I interview someone and then I go listen to coach interviews. They have certain times that where both of them speak to the media and I always listen in on those. And then there's open locker room. So if I didn't get a chance to talk to the guys that shoot around or if it's a different, if a player from a different team I've talked to, I go to their locker room, try and find them. Normally it's hard to pin down a player because they always have their pregame routines, but I try. And then by that time, it's basically almost showtime, which our show comes on at 6.30. So we got to be out there at like 6.15. So it is really just game days are just go, go, go honestly. Um, and that's, that's normally how normally the schedule for it for me. So you mentioned prep work. What kind of, what kind of prep work goes into it all? I wish you guys could actually see like where I'm set up right now. I'm in my hotel room and I have the Pacers. Um, usually at our hotel, the opposing teams PR will have media packets for us at the hotel and media packets include usually, usually a, a, a lot of, a lot of paper. Right now I'm looking at a couple different articles on the Pacers and then it's like stats and it's their roster and just note, I mean, all notes on them, usually, you know, up to date notes. So right now I'm just kind of shifting, sifting through all those, kind of seeing where the Pacers are at. um, And I write out as much as I can and then type out some notes as well, just to have for the pregame show. And then... I usually just try and like read as, read up as many on as many stories as I can online. Usually it's stories out where I can try and find good sideline ideas or I'll, you know, search on some of their players and see if there's anything interesting about any of them. I know one guy for the Raptors, I found out he has his own YouTube where he's a chef and he cooks these like ridiculous things like snake eyes and cow tongue and stuff like that. And he makes different NBA players try it. 
And I found that just by just Google searching one time. And so that was one of my sideline stories then. So I try and find kind of interesting things about them, not just your typical stats. And uh, yeah, that usually takes a couple hours. So. so one thing that we try to do in each of our episodes is Nick tries to come up with a fun fact. So what, what's one of the funnest facts that you've, you've come across besides uh, the Raptors player having that cooking show? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, let's see. I mean, that I'm putting you on the spot. Cool. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's okay. I got I to gotta think about that one. Um, like an interesting fact about... Oh, I, ha- I have one if you guys don't know this. It's about a Hornets player, if that's okay. Yes, that's perfect. So believe it or not... Cody and Caleb Martin, the twins on our team, are not identical twins. Biologically, they are fraternal twins, which is insane because I still honestly can't tell the difference between them. I mean, everything, of course, they have they have the same hairstyle they wear like even their facial beard is the same length they stand the same way they their mannerisms are the same everything's the same about them i've honestly never seen a set of uh, twins that looked more like like they do but biologically they are not identical and they they don't really tell a lot of people that because no one believes them but (laughs) eric collins and myself we were just crazy over it we were like this is the story of the year (laughs) (laughs) i think twins do it on purpose i think they specifically kind of have the same beard length as you were describing and they just stand the same way they do it on purpose to mess with us yeah we were like can one of you just switch something up because i seriously (laughs) cannot tell the difference between them and both of them are traveling with us one time i it's embarrassing, but I was having a conversation with one of them whole time thinking it was Cody. It was Caleb. Oh, and I man. was like, I don't even, I feel so bad. I feel so bad, but I'm like, I can't even tell you guys apart. And I don't think even some of the players can still. So, but they're actually a lot different um, in terms of their personality, but it's like, obviously if you don't spend a lot of time around them, you're not going to know. So they get us every time. When you were talking with them, did he, did the twin bring it up or did he just kind of play it off? Like, yeah, you're talking about my brother. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, oh my gosh. He was so nice about it. But I like, I said the other brother's name and he was like, oh no, I'm actually Caleb. And I was like, oh no. And of course I was like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I meant. (laughs) I just tried to play it off, but I honestly did not, did not even know. So not bad to him. Let me get it one of these days. When the uh, Hornets first announced that they were going to sign them, we tweeted and we're like, oh yeah, that's not going to be confusing at all. So it's oh my gosh obviously it's been very confusing so confusing and one of them one of them has a tattoo on his arm but he wears a shooting sleeve they both wear sleeves so it's like you can't even use that and i interviewed his their mom one time like way at the beginning of the season and i was like can you give us anything that can tell them that for us viewers and fans we can tell them apart and she said that i think it was cody has like some birthmark under or above one of his eyes but you can't, unless you have like a, a magnifying glass on them or some binoculars, there's just no way. <laughs> you can't even see it. Things only a mother would know. I thought I for know, a second you were going to say she couldn't tell them apart. I know. <laughs> I was like, I was about to say that too. I was about to be like, do you ever mix them up? But obviously she's, she's mama there, so. So you mentioned that you take walks in the city when you're kind of preparing for whether it be home or away games. What's one of your favorite places to travel with the teams? And that can be talking about specifically the stadium or arena or just the city in general. Oh, there's so many. Because I get this question a lot and it's just like all the cities have, you know, such interesting quirks about them. For me personally, a couple, especially last year when I was really getting it, checking off all these cities on my list and actually... The only one, because I started traveling midway through the season, so the I ha, there was like two arenas that I 
that I wasn't able to go to just because they had already done that trip before I started traveling. And one of them was Minnesota, and I just checked that one off my list. So now I've officially been to every single city that we play in, um, which has been awesome. And I think some of my favorites are probably Toronto is really cool just because it's Canada, and I... I don't know. I just love it there. I just think it's slightly different in its own way, obviously. And I went there the first time thinking like, oh, I need to get their currency. So I like went and got <laughs> Canadian money. And then everyone's like, no, Ashley, you can just use your credit card. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> but no, I still did it anyway. And then playing just from a basketball standpoint, playing in like Madison Square Garden, epic um i love brooklyn because they have a certain this lighting on the court which is really cool the lakers do it too boston oh i freaking love boston i think <laughs> the city is just it's freezing but it's just so i love walking around that city i went to the cheers bar last year and like did that whole thing and because my mom was a is a huge fan so that was fun um also of course the the california teams are nice like san francisco is really cool it's 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 oddly dirty i guess you could say i don't know there's the streets are it's really cool and it's expensive to live there apparently but it's it's also kind of dirty which is weird there's just a lot of uh crap on the ground like actual crap which i don't even know why (laughs) but just an odd fact about san francisco but beautiful city and their new arena is like oh my gosh it's it's unreal it's just completely unreal and then i really like like i loved portland even though it rained there i love portland i just think it's just such a cool city and we went to, let's see, what else do I, um, I love Denver and like Salt Lake City. I love those Northern or Midwest cities. I just, I'm a big fan of like snow and the cold, even though everyone complains about it. I really like it. Yeah. So I guess some of those are probably my favorite, but I could, the list goes on. I mean, being in San Antonio, the river walks really cool. Dallas is awesome. Dallas is like one of my favorite cities before I even started doing basketball. So that's always been fun to me too. But, and of course LA, I think it's crazy how the Clippers and Lakers have their arena and the workers, I mean, for them to flip it like they do every night is just unreal to me. And even a hockey team plays there. I just think from everything from like the seat covers or the purple and gold lining just the colors like lining places that you wouldn't even really notice but then the next day you come and it's the clippers colors i just think it's incredible so i guess those are a couple that are my favorite though yeah they're like just just looking at it all there's definitely like a lot that goes in i feel like for the for the lakers clippers i i still have no idea how how they make it work yeah it's crazy so we've kind of seen some players like russell westbrook has kind of had fans like get under his skin and stuff like that and other players of course um do you ever have any fans that get under your skin or kind of heckle you from the sideline honestly honestly no i've never had that experience one time i had beer spilt on me like a full cup of beer oh man um i think this was in milwaukee maybe i don't know so that wasn't fun that was like he was obviously kind of drunk and but the thing about it was that made me upset was that he just ran away he didn't even say anything he just like his entire cup of beer and then all the fans were like oh my gosh and they were so appalled and he just ran away and I was like wow that was really incredibly rude and my entire back was like soaked so that part was uh not the best but (laughs) I haven't really had heckling fans yeah it's been it's been really good the fans have been so great and it's so fun meeting them and usually at every hotel that we go to there's fans kind of outside getting autographs and stuff like that for the players and just waiting for them to come off the bus so they can get something signed and in Houston it was 
crazy because their fans had like some pictures of me that they printed out and wanted signed. And I was like, wait, what? (laughs) I was so flabbergasted. I was like, this is crazy. Because sometimes I'll, you know, have people ask for my autograph or something, but very, very rarely. And it's only like when I'm at the arena and they're like, oh, wait, she's the Hornet Silent Reporter. And then they'll (laughs) take a picture. But for these Houston people to have a picture printed out, I was like, you guys are the goats right now. Wow. (laughs) That's really funny. Kind of, kind of the the living legend in the Spectrum Arena, with the, the the Charlotte Hornets is Del Curry, and he's he's a reporter there as well. What is it like working alongside him? Amazing. I was actually just in the gym with him before um, before I did called you guys, and he is just he's everything that you would probably think. He's just the thing about him though that I don't think unless you've met him, the Currys in general, I mean, I've met his wife, I've met Steph before and Seth, they're just so humble. Their entire family is so humble. And it's like, they're the Currys. They're, you know, one of the most famous families ever. And they're just so incredibly humble. I mean, Dell is like, oh, he's hilarious. He's so great to work with. I love when we do the pregame on the road. It's him and I that do the pregame show together. And I just, I remember last year just telling him like, he gives it such a sense of comfort last year when I was just starting and I was just kind of nervous still about the pregame show. And it was like, I know that I can set him up for anything and he'll just talk. If we have to fill three minutes, I'm it's like no problem at all. I mean, I always have questions, backup questions, and I just keep rattling them off. But with Dell, it's like, I don't even, we hit maybe two questions because he just, <laughs> he just talks and he's, it's just so great. I love love working alongside Dell and like I said he's hilarious he just loves the game of basketball he lives for it um I know he loves watching his sons play anytime he can it's always on his phone he's watching either when Steph before Steph got hurt watching his game now watching Seth's game so he just he loves the game of basketball loves his family just an all-around great person so he's just kind of what you would expect him to be I guess so you've gotten to do a lot of like Awesome interviews. What would you say, or who would you say has been one of your favorite people to interview? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I got to interview the commissioner last year, Adam Silver, which was really cool. Whoa. Um, yeah, that was awesome. I got to interview him in Boston, and he's just so intelligent. And he, I mean, just from talking to him before we turned the camera on, I was just like, wow. I was just blown away. He's just incredibly intelligent guy. So that one, probably one of my coolest ones. And then that is a good question. There's people that I've gotten to talk to that I haven't interviewed, but like I met Shaq last year at the All-Star Game, and it was really fun picking his brain a little bit. Oh, I met Doris Burke in the bathroom in Charlotte last year too, and I just about, like I try not to get too fangirl because it's like, okay, this is my job. I, I, you know. I was really trying to keep it professional, but Doris Burke, I completely fangirled over. (laughs) Such a huge fan of yours. She's just amazing. So that was fun getting to pick her brain. Yeah, I think those are probably some. And of course, when I first met Michael Jordan, I I didn't like interview him on camera. But when I first met him last year, I mean, he was literally the reason I played basketball growing up. So that was a surreal moment for me, too. I bet. Yeah, I mean, I I wouldn't be able to not fangirl. I'd be fangirling hard, probably over everyone. So I'm sure it's hard to, <laughs> yeah. hard to rein it's it in. Crazy. Well, that's something that uh, almost everyone says that works in the league. Like when I mean, we had uh, Chris, the 
play-by-play announcer for the, the Pacers on, he said, oh my gosh, it's it's Larry Bird in the elevator. Or uh, there was another situation with um, with Bernard Condovo for the, the Pistons. He's like, oh my gosh, it's it's Blake Griffin. Ah! So you, you can't really help it. I mean, it's fun. They, I'm sure they experience it uh, as well, but it, it's, it's an awesome opportunity that you're obviously able to kind of interact with them for sure. Oh, yeah, yeah. I Especially last year, my first year, like, I remember the first time I saw LeBron in person and playing because I was always such a huge fan of his. And so when I first saw him play, I was like, oh, my gosh, it's LeBron. <laughs> and I didn't really say anything or, like, I didn't, you know, do any of that. But it was just it was just such a surreal moment to be up close and personal with these guys that you've, you know, watched your whole life. And now I get to work with all of them. So, I mean, I fangirled over meeting Dell. I was like, oh my gosh, you're a Curry. And when I met Steph last year, I was like, this is amazing. And so that was really cool. That is cool. So now we're going to kind of transition into a couple of uh, Charlotte Hornets focused uh, questions, just kind of talking about the team and players in general. So the Hornets recently have bought out players and they've come to agreements, uh, players such as Marvin Williams and Michael Kidd Gilchrist. And honestly, it's a move that as fans, we did not expect and it kind of came out of nowhere do you think that the front office is making room for a max or a near max player contract and if you do think this who might you say would be the target so you would think that i'd have this inside scoop on things but i do not um (laughs) i don't have an inside scoop on like that type of question but i can tell you that you know, if you haven't already kind of noticed with the roster, it's really about player development and developing these young guys. When some of these guys are on the court together, there have been times where none of them are above the age of 25. I mean, to think about these 20-year-olds, basically, playing against some of the veterans that they play against, it's it's kind of unreal. And you're like, wow. I mean, you know, especially when they're sticking with them and, and um, or winning, whatever it may be, it's just... It's just such a moment of like, wow, these young guys are, you know, there's, it makes people excited or at least makes us excited because we're just thinking kind of about the future of the Hornets and there's a lot to be excited for. I mean, for instance, Devontae Graham, who was backups to Kemba Walker and Tony Parker last year, who would have ever known what it would become this year for him? And so I think moves that Mitch Kupchak, he's a really smart guy. He knows what he's doing. Him, Michael Jordan, obviously, and then just Coach Borrego, the entire staff I think they all just have the the same goal in mind I don't have the answer to like specific players or or contracts in regards to that I'm not really sure the moves that will be made over the summer but I do know that they are really focused on just building building around these young players and adding pieces to it that will help make the Hornets successful so there is a lot to look forward to with them um I know you joked at the beginning how much you guys like the Hornets, even if they don't always like you. And I know it can be frustrating, and I'm sure it's frustrating for Hornets fans, but the future is bright, and I, I really can't reiterate that enough. Um, so don't sleep on the Hornets. Don't give up on them, because the future is definitely bright. Oh, we definitely we definitely see the future being bright, for sure. And you mentioned Devontae Graham, um, and he's definitely kind of exploded this year, as well as we've kind of seen uh, Dwayne Bacon kind of take off a little bit especially with that g league performance where he he dropped uh what is it over 50 i think he had a game of 50 40 and 41 at the g league the first three games i know just awesome awesome by Dwayne. very cool so going back to Devontae Graham, just for a second there uh like you said he did have a breakout year 
kind of on the court and off the court, you were able to see him a little bit last year, kind of in the interaction with Kimball Walker and Tony Parker as the backup. But now he's he has basically has an integral role in the um, the offense. So what what do you see transition as far as like maybe his personality or maybe something he's kind of developed in the off season? What what do you see? Have you how have you seen him change? So I think so coming in last year for me and getting to work with Kemba even just for a year, he is one of the best. I know you're talking about Devontae, but I promise I'll wrap around to it. Um, he's one of the best, just not players to me, but like just people. He's one of the most down to earth, humble. I mean, even through his success that he's seen, he's so grounded. And it's just something that I think we all respect, players respect, everything like that. And for Devontae, he has mentioned time and time again, just learning from Kemba last year. I mean, Devontae spent a lot of time in the G League last year just to make sure he got minutes and reps. And he has, he reminds me of Kemba in the sense of his personality. Devontae is the guy that you just can't help but cheer for. I think that the way that he got to where he is, I mean, he wasn't highly recruited. He had an offer from App State right out of high school and he was kind of waiting for a bigger one and of course he ended up going to Kansas and spending four years there which I think that makes such a difference in these players I mean Devontae just turned 25 so he's a lot older for being a second year player and I just think that makes all the difference in the world he's so mature but he's just so humble and grounded and it's like he appreciates where he's at and he puts in the hard work because he knows that it didn't come easy and like I said like there's just no better way to describe him than it's the guy that you want to cheer for because seeing his success for and for him being such a, a nice guy and such a great he has such a great personality he's always just always you know cracking jokes but he also wants to win he wants to succeed he puts in so much work I mean over the summer I spoke with him and also one of the assistant coaches who worked with him all summer and he just just told me about how the late night and putting up hundreds of shots a day. I mean, just shooting from a little bit further each day from behind the three. So now he can, you know, shoot it from a distance and, and make it. And so he just, he's just such a hard worker and all around great guy that I know we are all rooting for his success. And this year, being the breakout year for him, he deserves it all. I mean, he really, really, truly put in a lot of work to get here, not just over last year and in the G League and off season, but I think just in his life um, because of the way that things kind of unfolded for him and, and how hard he worked to get here. So he is, like I said, Kemba was just such a great role model, I think, for a lot of the guys. And I see that in Devontae as well as he continues to progress in his career. So hope that kind of gave you a little insight on him. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I think kind of talking about his personality and likening it to Kimball Walker, that really, now that you've said it, it's like, wow, we do kind of see a lot of Kimba in him, but he's definitely obviously developing into his own sort of player as well. So speaking of personalities, which of the per- players' personalities kind of has surprised you the most? Let's see. Surprise- oh, okay. I, I, have, I have an answer for this. Cody Zeller is actually one of the funniest people I've ever met. Well, maybe not ever met, but when I first, when I first met him, or I think maybe people don't, don't always see his funny side, or maybe he's slightly funny, but they, I don't know, I don't know what people think of Cody Zeller, but he's actually really, really funny, which surprised me a lot. And then same with Billy Hernan Gomez, maybe he comes off as funny too, I'm not really sure, but he's, he's a jokester, but he's also really really hard worker and he just 
one of the best attitudes of anyone I've ever met. He just loves the game of basketball and he's just so thankful to be in this opportunity. And so that translates well. And I think it translates well with the other guys too. And actually just from working all-star weekend, I kind of saw a different side of Miles Bridges. I don't know if you guys seen like the TikTok videos that came around or him dancing or anything like that, but he's always kind of been a more keep to yourself, like, I know he jokes around with his teammates and his and Devonte and Dwayne and stuff like that, but I felt like a different side of him came out in All Star, and he was the funny guy, which I had never, none of us had ever really seen before. So now it's like I'm expecting him to continue to be funny, <laughs> even uh, even though we're not on All Star break anymore. So hopefully, hopefully that he continues to kind of let that out a little bit because I think he kind of seemed a little shy at first, um, but now he's like come out of his shell, I guess you could say. So those guys kind of surprised me a little bit, I think. But they all just have, they all have different personalities and it all works well together because they're just, they have really good team chemistry. So a player you haven't mentioned was uh, PJ Washington. What is his personality like? Oh my gosh, you guys, he is one of the most well-spoken individuals I've ever met. We joke about it all the time because anytime I get to interview him or you know, walk off interviews with him or anything like that. Every time he's finished talking, Eric Collins always like, wow, it sounds like we're listening to a 15 year veteran NBA player because (laughs) he really sounds like that. I mean, his answers are so intricate and I'm like, sometimes I'm not going to lie with some players. It's like pulling teeth a little bit to get answers out. But with PJ, it's like, I don't even have to, it's like what I was talking about with Dell. I just ask him a question. He just rolls with it. And it's not even always because some players will kind of give you, the answers you expect like one game at a time and focus on the next game and you know the little cliches a little bit but PJ I don't know he breaks down plays and he he sounds like a coach mixed with a 15-year veteran and I just I don't know I ask him all the time I'm like and I've talked to his dad before I'm like where did this come from and I know his parents played and he's kind of been around the NBA a long time and I think Kentucky coached him up a little bit on it when he was there so maybe a combination of all of those but he is one of the, when I said that the future is bright for the Hornet, he's definitely a part of that because, I mean, you can already see kind of what he's doing this year, and I know it's only going to get better from here. It's only going to grow more. I mean, he made the Rising Stars Challenge his first year, so I think there's a lot to be excited for with him, and, and yeah, he's just, he has a really, he's very smart, very, very smart. They'll take him far. He's a very high basketball IQ, I'll put it that way. That's awesome. So feel free to answer this next question as either a fan or a sideline reporter. You can You can choose. <laughs> <laughs> so what um currently the hornets are sitting at number 11 in the east do you see them kind of making a push here towards the end of the season or do you see them kind of embracing the rebuild and, and maybe not worrying about the playoffs as much you know i kind of i kind of felt like the second answer before all-star break it was kind of like okay you know we're just going to keep continuing to get better get better but this team they want to win there i know there's always rumors or people kind of see teams you know maybe tank or whatever to get I don't know I've never seen that with the Hornets they have such a winning mentality and the way that they've been playing these last couple games it's like it's like what I joked about before like don't sleep on them I honestly can't tell you what might happen in the next month and a half um because I've seen them play really good basketball and at their best they beat these teams and they're they're fully capable of doing that and you know, I was just reading about the Pacers post All Star break. They've kind of they've kind of made a little slump, and and a lot of people quoted that they they're losing their magic right now. So they they're just trying to kind of I guess figure things out. And I mean, the Pacers are going to make the playoffs, but they're kind of on a little bit of a, a downhill slump right now. But for the Hornets, it's like right before All Star, 
They got a couple wins. Then All-Star was obviously such a great weekend for three of our guys and just the whole franchise. And then post-All-Star, they're still playing the right way. So I don't know. I mean, I would love for them. I think anything can happen, especially in the Eastern Conference. Um, So I, I personally, as a fan, slash maybe a little biased, like playoff push would be awesome. But who knows? I really couldn't tell you what's going to happen. I would love to see the... Yeah, I would love to see the Hornets for sure in the playoffs. Can you imagine, like, this last month and a half, they just go off, and then it's like, oh, wait, where are the Hornets? They're right here at the eighth spot. Like, <laughs> right. There you go. Who knows? I mean, they're only four games away from that eighth spot, so it, it can definitely happen. And I think it would send a message to the league in the sense that, yeah, the Hornets did, they they have a very young core. And it if they're able to be this good in the Eastern Conference to make it to the playoffs, albeit the uh, the eighth spot, they were still able to make the playoffs ahead of a lot of kind of older, arguably better on paper teams. So I think it would be very, very cool to see um, all of the the rookies and the sophomores and the, all the younger guys kind of show their work to pay off, essentially. Right, and I think after losing Kemba, like a lot of people obviously probably counted us out. And I think there's already so much to be proud of that they've accomplished this year. And they've already surprised so many people. Not that it's about that, but I think they even surprised themselves a little bit. And so, yeah, that would just be icing on the cake. So we'll see what happens, I guess. So what has been one of your highlights of being a reporter? Just like living the dream is obviously such a big highlight of mine I just feel like I've worked so hard to get here and I didn't think it would happen this fast but I'm just so appreciative that it did because it was a lot of grueling long long hours working up to this and so that part is just an awesome thing in general but I think one of a couple cool moments that I'll never forget um I, I don't know what it is but this team loves game winners they just love like last second game winners we've already had a couple this year Malik did one that was all over every NBA show the next day. And it was just so much fun seeing that. And then last year, I know he's no longer with us, but Jeremy Lamb in Toronto hitting a game where that is a moment I will truly, truly never, ever forget. I just remember like being by the basket, just getting ready to walk out on the court, win or lose. I was just trying to like hone in on what I was going to ask him and stuff. And man, him hitting that shot, I, I don't know if you guys saw it, but behind half court, he literally nailed a shot that, Oh, yeah. Impossible. I mean, the percentage to make that shot was very, very low, and he did it, and the entire arena was silenced, and it was just, it was just such an unforgettable moment. And I, oh my gosh, that's something, yeah, that was one of my favorite, favorite moments. And like I said, that was last year, but this year, same thing, a couple game winners. Uh, Devontae Graham's 40 point game in Brooklyn, that was another one, a good one, too. So there have been some moments that are just like, man, I need to write these down so I never forget them. (laughs) So what would you say to someone listening who is thinking about becoming a reporter? Like, what would you say someone's interested? How how could they get where you are or just wise words that you might have to impart on them? Yes, of course. Um, I'm a little bit biased in the sense that I... I took the local news route. I knew in college, I was like, okay, I need to start in a small market, get my camera experience, learn how to do everything, be versatile, and just be willing to go anywhere and do anything when in regards to a sports job. Um, I had that mindset in college. Like I knew that that's what I needed to do. So, I mean, I did it. I, I, like I said, knew it and went out and, um, did my four years in Mississippi and learned so much and was a, I mean, I was shooter editor. I, I just shot and edited and, and wrote my entire show every night and 
went up there and anchored it and stuff. And so that prepared me so much for this and it humbled me so much. I'm just so grateful for this because of where I, how I came to this. Um, so when people, cause I get that question a lot and I don't know if people think that I graduated and just became an MBA sideline reporter, but obviously that was not the case. So to me, it's like, you just need to be willing to do whatever it takes. And I think that maybe that discourages some people because, you know, when, if I do talk to, to college journalists and, and then I tell them, Oh, well, actually I spent four years in Mississippi in local news before this. Sometimes I'll get a like, Oh yeah, that's not really what I want to do. Or, Oh yeah, I know. I, I understand. And, and that's fine. And, there are plenty of people who didn't do that to get to where they are and more power to them, honestly, because there are so many different ways that you can just get your foot in the door. But for me, it's like just being willing to do whatever it takes to move anywhere, to start from the bottom, to, you know, make no money, work long hours and, and just grind until you get to that spot. And I think that would be my biggest piece of advice just because I think if you don't have that drive and that motivation to do whatever it takes, then it's going to be really hard to get to a spot like this personally. Um, like I said, everybody's different. Everybody's paths are different. And, and it, what works for someone may not work for someone else. So it all just depends. But if I were to give advice, that would be mine. That's awesome. Yeah, your, your stories uh, is definitely not kind of like what people always envision like you were saying uh, for sure but hey you made it you're living the high life now you're living the dream as you keep saying it oh thank you guys no i'm, I'm so like i said so grateful and, and humble to be here and i'll never take it for granted that's for sure well actually we've had so much fun talking with you today and i know all of our listeners have enjoyed kind of your your basically uh sideline reporting essentially giving us kind of the inside scoop and what it what it feels like to be a sideline reporter and we just wanted to say thank you so much for being on the podcast and willing and able to oh my gosh thank you guys so much i love what you guys are doing and just keep on doing it because it's it's awesome so thank you guys for having me